content warning, mentions of drugs and death. Hello and welcome to the Billy Shears Club. I'm your host, Caleb Clark, and with me today we have Jordan Need. How are you doing today, Jordan? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And today we've got two albums for you. We've got today we've got two albums for you, folks. We've got uh, a, 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 a Night of the Opera by Queen, and maybe you've been brainwashed too by the new Radicals. Uh, Jordan, why don't you take us away with a little bit on Queen? Oh yeah, sure. Um, all right, so Queen is a band that uh, you know start uh, started getting real big in the 70s, and they are still active to this very day, actually, uh, which is obviously a rare thing for a lot of popular rock bands um, that started so long ago. I mean, you know, most uh, most people know them pretty well, so, like, it's not too much of interest, I suppose, I could say about them, except, like, uh, in regards to, like, uh, this album, I, first of all, like, they started off in, like, from London, you know, uh, UK is where they're originally from, but uh, it's interesting, this album in particular, Night at the Opera, is a big breakthrough for them, because before that, uh, the albums they were having before, they didn't make a lot of money off of, because they had a really uh, bad relationship with their manager, and they were just starting out, so, you know, it could be really hard for a band to actually make money in situations like that. So, um, their album, A Night at the Opera, which they released on November 21st in 1975, it um, Emmy Records and in the UK and Electra Records in the US was a really big breakthrough for them that like really um, not just you know catapulted them into even greater popularity, but actually started like making them some good money. So then they could really start um, you know becoming the band that uh, I'm sure many of us have heard of and many of us love. Oh yes, I've I've never heard of this band Queen before. It's totally new to me. It's a, it's a mystery. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, just in case there are some people who haven't heard of that, <laughs> don't know who that is. But <laughs> all right, well, let's get right into it with a night at the opera. Uh, do you prefer like track by track or just do favorite track? You know, I'd be down to do track by track if you're down all for right. that. All right. So you start off the album with "Death on Two Legs," <laughs> dedicated to. Uh, that one is actually dedicated to Norman Sheffield. He's not actually mentioned, but um, apparently he was uh, he was their first big agent, uh, Queens. And according to them, like there's not a lot of official stuff, but according to them, uh, he was a bit of a jerk and uh, was very controlling um, and kept a lot of the money that they made for himself. So they felt really ripped off by him. So they didn't really like him at all. And uh, so they broke up with him, essentially, and got a new manager. And uh, this is essentially a really bitter breakup song. Mm-hmm. So there's some really mean-spirited stuff in this one. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not like, directed at, towards people in general. It's just very much bitter, angry at this man. Mm-hmm. So I just want, want that to be clear, because there is some dark stuff in this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, it's definitely, though, like, yeah, I think it's a very good opener the even though it's like that bitter note it definitely gets you right into what queen's all about with freddie mercury's very daring beautiful vocals and like all the super hard guitars and it's very dramatic uh, very campy you know it's, it's the queen aesthetic it oh, gets you yeah. right into it oh yeah it really is a queen song yeah yeah <laughs> and i mean yeah it's got it's got all that fantastic stuff like you just yeah. said should we give it a listen Oh, we don't we don't play the songs on. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was a really great song. Definitely, probably the darkest on the album, I would say. Yeah, honestly, like, oh, it's what's interesting. Like the Prophet song, I wouldn't call it that dark, but it's got like, 
a similar like maybe not I don't know maybe a darker atmosphere to it but it's not dark in the same way that that yeah, song is yeah that, I would agree with that I uh, got like lazing on a Sunday afternoon like, it, that one's interesting like they see uh, Freddie Mercury sings it almost it, to me it feels like it's like some old uh, recording just yeah. like early 20th century like yeah. 1900s to 20s like is it's got like that sort of record li- uh, like old record mm-hmm. um, sort of sound to it you know with the phonograph and stuff yeah. that he kind of does and like he really over enunciates like his uh, like a posh British accent with that, yeah. but it's it's really fun. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. Like like you're saying, yeah, or like uh, Gilbert and Sullivan also yeah, has that yeah. same vibe of like sort of like this little character vignette of like little dandy wandering around, and then the guitar solo hits, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> why are you going so hard on this? Song? <laughs> and so yeah, it's like yeah, it's just this yeah, like you're saying, really fun sort of. Romp, this very British song that suddenly goes into this very Queen guitar solo, and that mm-hmm, was fun. Mm-hmm. And then it transitions very well into "I'm in love with my car." Which... <laughs> okay, I'll I'll be honest. This was probably my least favorite one in the album. It just it doesn't feel as Queen as the other ones. I mean, you know, first of all, like it, you know, it doesn't have Freddie Mercury singing. Instead, it's Roger Taylor. He wrote and like you know did, uh, was the main singer for this song. It's like to me personally, it's it's just. I don't know, it just feels bizarre, like, just, I mean, there's something nice about someone singing about the car and stuff, but for me, it's just, it kind of, it kind of took me out of the album a little bit, like, it's, it's not a bad song, if you like it, like, totally not judging, but, uh, it's, it's very different from the rest of the album. I don't, I don't know, like, me personally, I liked it, like, it is, I think, like, it helped with the, the transition, mm. like, in between, uh, Lazing on a Sunday Afternoon to I'm in love with the car. That was really cool, and like, I don't know. It still had that very big kitsch and majesty that you get with a Queen song, and it's sort of it's sort of funny. Like you know, it's taking the idea, you know, how there's all the car ballads in rock music, and it's just taking that to the level of I'm literally having a romantic relationship with my car, <laughs> a song that would not be topped for the next forty years or so. Like our boy Neil Ciceriega, or however you say his last name, comes in the scene with two trucks. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. Like. I, I didn't consider it in that light, and you have you have some really good points there, especially like no, like I I have not heard of a song that could compete with two trucks in quite the same way. So that you know that alone I think might elevate it a yeah. bit more. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um, I'll I don't know maybe I'll give it another listen to yeah. and uh, reconsider. Yeah, you my better. Oh, oh, I better. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then we've got uh, "You're My Best Friend." Um, this is this is a really sweet song. Um, this one's written by John Deacon, uh, one of the first sing- uh, singles written by him, and uh, it's him singing about it, uh, writing uh, writing about his wife, essentially. Oh, yeah. uh, Freddie Mercury sings it, but it's a really sweet, fun song. Yeah. And I personally, I personally really like this one because, like the you know, "Ooh, you're making me live." It's just like that's just such a really nice line and tune and stuff, and. I, it makes me think of my best friend, and like all of my Aww. good friends, you know, of just like they really do, you know, give you life, and it's it's simple, it's sweet, but I like that mm. about it. I did too. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite tracks. Yeah. It's just you know, really nice song. It's got all the nice little, the beats, and it's got you know, all the background vocals. It's just nice. Yeah, yeah. So what did you think about Thirty Nine? Well, that was a bit of a journey for me because like. <laughs> 
I started when I first listened to it. I just with like the effects, it's got sort of like that cowboy vibe, mm-hmm. and they put like some yeah, it's Brian May, and they put some vocal effects on his voice. But at first, I was getting just sort of you know a cowboy song with yeah. the guitars, and then I looked up the lyrics, and apparently he was using his astrophysics degree to write a song about people who go exploring some random place and then they come back but it turns out that due to time dilation they've only aged a year while everyone around them has died oh so, so it's a really existential <laughs> like oh 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 yeah. my goodness i didn't realize that yeah me, i only realized <laughs> that when i looked at the lyrics <laughs> yeah it's like okay that's so wild there's so many songs of where it's just like you know you listen it's like oh this is kind of nice and then you look at the lyrics and like oh my goodness like yeah. <laughs> this has a whole new meaning i well, I definitely have to give that another listen too, because I was just like, "Yeah, no, this is an interesting vibe. It's weird, you know. It's got some like, yeah, it's got some like yeah. interesting cowboy stuff and like maybe a sci-fi feel." But like, I didn't realize it was so existential. Like, yeah. th- this album has a lot of. It's very interesting. It has some of the albums like short, sweet, simple ones, but it also has some like really like out there experimental songs yeah. a lot too, which yeah. I really like about this album yeah. in general. But that is interesting, like. Yeah, 39's a sleeper for sure. Yeah, it gets you like, I, I definitely got it more as I kept listening. It's like, oh my, poor Brian and his, <laughs> and his rockets. <laughs> poor Brian and his rockets. Yeah. Then we get Sweet Lady. I didn't I didn't have a whole lot on this one. It was fun. It's, it's yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's fun. It's a good time. I, I don't know. I guess I don't have much to say about it either, honestly. <laughs> it's it's. It's not bad. It's it's good. Um, yeah. It doesn't stand out terribly much. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. I guess. Yeah, I guess after that, I just I kind of grouped together Seaside Rendezvous and Good Company because they're kind of returns to which one? Lazing on a Sunday afternoon, yeah, like yeah. that sort of early 20th century camp, but without the guitar solo. So it's like, where's my guitar solos? I mean, I really like Sweet Seaside Rendezvous. Actually, mm-hmm. like I think I I think that was my favorite of like. Uh, of those three in that sort of quality like I don't know I just I like the little the little sort of story going on yeah. with it of like ooh your dad wouldn't want us like getting together but like here we are at the beach like I don't know I just I, I thought that was uh, I don't know it was really nice and fun and uh, I've got a soft spot for those sorts of love songs yeah, yeah. but um yeah, no, I think it's I think it's definitely fair to pair those uh, mm-hmm. two songs, "Good Company" and "Seaside Rob, uh, Rendezvous" together. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're of a similar uh, similar quality. They're both fun. Mm-hmm. They don't have they don't have that guitar solo. Yeah. though. and like I love Queen's guitar solos. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, then I believe we've got Prophet's song. Yep. Yeah, Prophet's song. That that one's I I never heard before, and I'm honestly surprised I didn't because like. To me, it's it's very long, like yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty similar to Bohemian Rhapsody in in that way. It's also like got some really dramatic stuff, kind of like Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> I personally wouldn't put it on the same levels Bohemian Rhapsody, but like, man, like there's some I don't know. It's very fun to me and really interesting. Like this this whole like uh, I don't know this like cycle this uh, this yeah. arc of this like. I don't know, just imagining this, like, Moses-like figure. Not Moses, but, like, this person coming out on this mountain being like, oh, children of the land, you must listen to me or you will surely perish. And it's just... And, like, people get more and more swept up in it, but then it sort of devolves at the end because, like, at the end people are saying, listen to the madman. And it's, like, it's interesting. It makes me wonder, like, do they reject him? Or does he, like, 
lead them to like just going off the deep end sort of thing that's too late at that point yeah. like it's an interesting song yeah yeah it's definitely the most dramatic song on the album probably mm-hmm. the most straightforward too like, yeah that's oddly like, enough yeah. <laughs> that is interesting comparing it to bohemian rhapsody like this is even longer like this one breaks eight minutes well yeah and uh i think it's like part of why it might be not as popular is because like it's a little bit more straightforward it's a bit darker doesn't have all the hooks and stuff and also it just like a doesn't have as distinctive sections you know compared but like it's still a really great song like oh. it's it's their like hard rocking one. Oh I yeah really like it. yeah no i mean that's really fair and like they do kind of they do kind of repeat stuff like for a while I, yeah. I feel like it could potentially get repetitive yeah. if it if it is a bit long but yeah. I, I do understand why it's not as yeah. popular as Bohemian Rhapsody I would love to see it live though oh that would be oh cool. yeah you think of it like with some special effects and stuff yeah. maybe some costumes like that would be cool yeah oh man if I could find like a live version of that where they just went full out with pageantry that would be so cool yeah alright so, yeah. uh, what did you think of Love of My Life uh, you know it was sweet. It was kind of sappy, you know. Like, bring back my heart, random lover person. And, like, with some pianos. And then it sort of went more into the guitar solos and stuff towards the end. And yeah. That was, that was cool. That was nice. Yeah. No, I I like it. It's, like, they, they make good love songs. It's another uh, it's another sweet one. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I had the least to say about their love songs in general. Mm-hmm. Like, they're fun. They're nice. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. This, there's not as much going into yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's because they're a bunch of weirdos, you know. They they got their they got their priorities, which are sci-fi anthems. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, man. and and then of course is uh, the the big classic, Bohemian Rhapsody. There, most famous, most popular song. I don't think I can add anything to it at this point. Like it's Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody, man. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, go listen to it. I would say there's a Muppets version that's great. Oh yeah, I would recommend that. <laughs> it's like this is okay. Like I, I have to admit something about myself. Um, I actually have a weird thing in regards to music. If I don't know many albums, I don't know many bands, and I don't memorize a lot of songs. Yeah. Like, most people really love music. I love music, too. For some reason, it just doesn't stick with me as much. Bohemian Rhapsody is one of the few songs uh, that I can do from memory. Like, it just it just sticks so much in the yeah. mind. Like, that's one of the crazy things about that song. It's, like, it's very haunting. So, yeah. I don't know. Probably not saying anything unique about it, but I'll throw that out there. Yeah. I'll, I, I have lots of thoughts and feelings mm. about this song. Oh, that's a definitely good. That's a good endorsement. That's a testament. <laughs> but yeah, right. I can't add to that. That's and then it closes out with "God Save the Queen" because they're British. Yeah, I. It's it's got some good yeah it's good instrumentals. I'll be honest, as an American and generally person who doesn't care for uh, patriotism all that much, I. Didn't feel much yeah. <laughs> listening to it. It's just like okay, <laughs> we fought a war about not having to sing this song. <laughs> yeah, right. This is America. <laughs> America. What? What is this? Uh, what is this song about? Uh, some queen, some monarch, going on in my ears. <laughs> Disgusting. Get that out of here. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. A pretty fun album. Yeah. Overall, very good, interesting mix of like the dramatic and the campy and the more serious and the songful. It's a, it's a Queen album. It's good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I can totally see um, how they got so big in the seventies. Yeah. 
It is indeed a night at the opera, and not the Marx Brothers movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That apparently, it was actually named based off of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, straight up. Yeah, that's why their next. I think their next album ended up also being named after one, like Day at the Races. They must have really liked uh, Marx Brothers. They're films. good comedians. <laughs> <laughs> They're a classic. And, oh. Yeah. So uh, now, now we move on to our next album. Oh yes, maybe you've been brainwashed too by the new radicals. So. Backstory time. All right. So this is a this was a project of primarily two people. One guy named Greg Alexander, who at this point had tried it a couple times to break as a solo star, hadn't really succeeded, and had a kind of gone into songwriting as mm. his main career. And also a lady named Danielle Bribois or Brisbois. She I think is a French name. I don't entirely know how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. And the pronunciation guides were inconsistent. But uh, like. She was a actress in sitcoms back in the '80s, and like had sort of started a music career. And Greg Alexander like produced or written one of her songs, and they're like, "Hey, we should make a band." So they formed a band. They called the New Radicals. They recorded this album. Uh, they released the single "You Get What You Give." It got to be moderately successful. Then Greg was like, "I don't want to be a rock star anymore. I want to go into the production and just stay at home. I don't want to have to tour anymore." And so. Before they even dropped their second single from the album, the band's broken up in, like, wow. <laughs> I think, 98 or 99. And then after that, they both sort of go into songwriting. Uh, uh, Greg Alexander seems to be the more prolific. He's mm-hmm. written for, like, a bunch of British people, Enrique Iglesias, uh, Hanson, ironically. He mm-hmm. wrote a Santana song that got into the top five. And then uh, they soundtracked a couple things together. Apparently, Daniel also uh, Wrote the two biggest hits for Natasha Bedingfield, Unwritten, and oh, wow. Pocketful of Sunshine. Intr- a Pocketful of Sunshine. Yeah, that was her. Wow. <laughs> she was on the writing team. That's crazy. And they actually brought the band back together recently for <laughs> for Joe Biden's inauguration. Oh my God! Wait, really? <laughs> yes, which is ironic what? for reasons we can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so weird. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the, the all the things to come back for. That's great. <laughs> We gotta get back for one last show. <laughs> That's well, that is a very interesting backstory. I, that was a romp all the yeah. way through. If you want a more in detail one, this one guy tied on the shadows who's really popular on YouTube has an entire episode dedicated to them. Oh, that's cool. I'll make sure to check that out. Yeah. Then. It, it does get into some of the weirder lyrics he has. So, people. <laughs> but yeah, let's go ahead and get into. Yeah, maybe yeah. you've been brainwashed too. All right. So starting off with Mother We Just Can't Get Enough, which has a very weird opening of, I'll say it now. <laughs> Do it. Make my nipples hard, let's go. I, I don't know why they started with that. It's because <laughs> Greg has a weird sense of humor that isn't actually a sense of humor, but then we get into, you know, You song. know, I mean, it, it catches your attention. Yeah. I'll tell you that. And if you're a band that's going to start out and break up immediately and just, like, leave... That is one way to make sure you leave some sort of impact. Yeah. I don't know if it's good or bad. I, I don't know what kind, but, you know, yeah. you remembered it. Yeah. <laughs> and I did, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for it. Yeah. Now, it's, I mean, it's a fun song, though, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say. Like, I, all, all, the, all the songs on this album, in general, like, I, if there's anything I'd say for any of them, it's just, they're fun. Yeah. I, it, for some reason, I don't know how you feel about them, but they feel like a summer vibe for me. Oh, like, I, it, it felt like summer while I was listening to them, even yeah. though it, it's a warm spring, but like it's not quite summer yet. But it just, I don't know. I could really imagine listening to these songs on the beach or like in a park or something. Yeah. Well, it's a nice sunny day. But yeah, Mother We Just Can't Get Enough is a, like, 
No, it's it's a real fun one. It's got a lot of content about you know like love and you know, drugs <laughs> and interesting things in general. Yeah, yeah. But like the, I guess I, I'll yeah I'll be honest. It's the the music is what caught my attention yeah. more than the lyrics themselves personally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's definitely a really nice song for me. It's definitely the big part is definitely the beat. You know, it's got that lush piano, mm. the guitar lines going throughout mm-hmm. the little conga hits. Yeah, and then it goes into that sort of chorus feel where it gets all real big, and then it's like, yeah, I, it's there's so much interesting stuff going yeah. on. He's a cool producer, and then like that little bridge where like as it starts coming back, he brings in the timbales. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then like the vocals, uh, yeah, Greg Alexander, he's not what you would call a quote unquote singer. <laughs> he's he kind of just yelps. <laughs> and so if you're not in the mood for someone who's just sort of squawking off key all the time you might not want this album but like he he brings energy he's fun oh he does like I, I'll be honest I think I prefer I think I prefer his vocal quality uh, more personally because like I don't, it just comes out as like very distinct very interesting to me like it's definitely not on key but it's <laughs> it's fun and he's pretty and he is bringing so much energy to it that like I can't help but admire yeah. that like what can I say I'm I am drawn to someone enthusiastically doing something <laughs> even if it's not the best yeah. enthusiastically doing yeah. something yeah and then at the end like there's that bridge section where as the backing vocals are going oh yeah all right and he's fighting some gibberish there's also a little bit where the voice he starts to bring in the sort of Every once in a while, he has that commentary on like commercialism and culture, you know, and like yeah. it starts off here where it's like, money, please, soul, please, social security number, please, and all this, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh boy, we're getting into society, man. Right <laughs> 90s society, man. <laughs> like, yeah, which is just an, I don't know, it's just, it's very interesting. Like, I don't know, this just makes me, uh, like I remember how big like mall culture was yeah. in the 90s and just like like consumerism was just like yeah. the big thing to talk about and that stuff so it's it's very interesting to hear that uh, yeah. to hear that stuff um, back then it's like you know in some ways it's relatable but in other ways for me honestly it's just like yeah. I don't know it's just like huh interesting stuff to worry yeah. about this is definitely an album for the late 90s oh, yeah. like this is the one where it's like the worst thing ever is working at a cubicle <laughs> The worst thing ever, definitely. I mean, could you could you imagine having to live through something? What in the gig economy? Yeah, what well, gig? Or like, I mean, imagine like dealing with a pandemic or something. That's like, heaven for heaven. Heaven. But uh, all right, so uh, shall we go on to the next one? Get what yeah. you give. Yeah, that one's really that one's fun. Very similar vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this was a bit more of an inspiration one where you know it's like talking about. It starts off with talking about, you know, like being a broke bohemian and then it's yeah. like, hold on, believe in yourself. Yeah. So this one was personally my favorite. Like it had it had such a fun energy to yeah. it and like I just kinda of found myself like bopping along to it and stuff and oh, like yeah. I don't know, it just I th- this uh this one and like there there's a few others later that really stand out to me, but like this one was as far as like stuff that's like their sort of their aesthetic, their energy, like the how how this album in general goes, this was my personal favorite yeah. example of that. Oh yeah, it's a super fun song, very fun, breezy pop rock. Like uh, if you like sort of, I think it usually gets compared to like a lot of the seventies, really produced singer songwriter types, like that one guy uh, Todd Rundgren, mm. or like a a little bit ELO, like if you like that sort of thing, but brought into sort of the nineties, 
late '90s summer alt rock thing like Smash Mouth. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. He would really like this, and then it brings back the social commentary too, which was apparently he was doing an experiment with this one at the end. Like you know, there's that verse where he, it starts off with talking about like the FDA and yeah. things. But then it switches over to name-dropping some random celebrities and being like, we're going to beat you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, apparently, he was, like, doing a bit of trolling to see, like, which one, like, news places would pick up on. Will they, like, talk about, oh, man, he's talking about, like, all this, like, you know, power institutions. Or are they going to pick up on, like, celebrity drama? And they picked up on celebrity drama. Ah, classic. I <laughs> I mean, it's that's an interesting test and definitely a good way to get free advertising. That's yeah. for sure. Like, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it it feels like it feels like they're using a lot of buzzwords in general with a lot of the, like, I don't know, I don't know how you feel about like how the social commentary goes, but I guess for me, like, it didn't it didn't strike me as terribly like poignant or like like super yeah. going in depth. It's just like these are things, man, yeah. that we have. Yeah going on <laughs> yeah he's not he's he's not going deep he's basically a peppy but 30 yeah. years late right <laughs> yeah too late to uh too late to be a hippie yeah <laughs> it, it was interesting fun side note like apparently most of them were fine like i think uh of the people who get mentioned uh marilyn manson may he get beaten up in a mall somewhere <laughs> he was fine with it like i think he went up to apologize to beck at, a, at like a store and was <laughs> and was like, oh, I was fine with it. Like, I was especially glad that he didn't actually say he was going to beat me up because the dude was like six feet tall. <laughs> and then uh, later on, he produced a song for Hanson, so oh, they're on good terms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I it, it'd be hard for me to take it seriously, honestly. Yeah. If he mentioned my name, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, okay, buddy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm going to get beat up in the mall. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, yeah. I hope I didn't just give away the ending. Um Personally, I really liked this one as well. Like, it was, it was weird, yeah. but like in a kind of weird way that I liked. Yeah, it was a very funny song. It's like that long story about two ne'er do well losers who do lots of drugs, and then there's death at the end. And it's like, it was a weird, convoluted story with all these random details. Like he says that his girlfriend would never touch you, but he's like, I just made that part up to make you feel included in the song. <laughs> yeah, like he seems to throw, uh, they seem to throw like just yeah. in their songs to like yeah. make them, I don't know, make them edgier or like yeah. just make them stand out more, yeah. I guess. But like, yeah. I don't know, I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the weirdness of yeah. it, and like it didn't really make much sense to me, but I was okay with that. Yeah, yeah, it's a strange song. It's got a really good beat. If you like stuff like you know, uh, Parent Loathing in Las Vegas or Train Spotters, you know those sort of weird, cynical, very psychedelic stories where lots of weird things happen for no real reason. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's good for that. Yeah, and it definitely fits that. Yeah, and then after that, uh, not I don't want to die anymore. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to die. I, that's pretty nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy for you, man. Yeah, good on you, Greg. <laughs> Your singing is the worst ever on this, but it's a nice. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Why you have to roast him? On because this... he did a bad song. <laughs> you know that's fair. That's fair. Like, it's, just... I... <laughs> it's a nice look. It's a, it's nice lyrics. He's a very good lyricist. It's a very sweet song. It's just the singing's bad. Right. No. If only could back that up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the real reason they broke up. <laughs> like, uh, it's just not working for us. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, 
was it like a love song or was it like a moving on from you song? I felt I felt like it was a moving on mm. song and like uh like you know this is hard and rough but I'm going to make it through. And like that that's what I liked. It. That's what I got out of it. And that's what I liked most about it. It's just, like there was hope in it. Yeah. And uh, I'm a sucker for hope. Yeah. Good on you, Greg. Glad <laughs> you don't want to die anymore. Thanks, Greg. Yeah. And then after that, we have Jehovah made this whole joint for you. That was kind of another story one, but it's like about this hypocritical act- activist girl, I guess, who like just uh, does stuff to like get attention and be special. So yeah. and then he's like, bro, relax. Life is cool. So that was, it was weird. Yeah. Had a good beat. Yeah, it had a good beat. I'll be honest, I don't have as many thoughts on this one as mm. some of the others. I don't know mm. what it is. But. Yeah. I mean, he had some good details. There were some funny parts, like the part where, like, all the other, like, she listens to this obscure band and all the other nonconformists do, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a classic joke of, like, all the nonconformists, <laughs> like, doing the same thing. Just, oh, nice just... Neutral Milk Hotel CD. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did we just become conformist to being nonconformist? Like, what happened, bro? Okay, that's that is such an interesting like thing in our society. Yeah. If like there is a, like a lot of performance activism yeah. and stuff, and like, like while I mean in general they don't go super deep in their social commentary, I feel like that's yeah. never a bad thing to call out. Because yeah. like I mean, activisms can be a really powerful thing and it's mm. really important. But unfortunately, there's yeah. definitely people who do it just to feel like, to feel like a good person yeah. rather than doing something good. Yeah. So like, I I'm all good with someone calling that out. Yeah, like this person who apparently wants to kill all other revolutionaries in the upcoming revolution <laughs> and yells, "Let's think about the ozone layer" as she litters styrofoam. Like, yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean that that sort of hypocrisy. I mean, and it's why sometimes I forget that like people were talking about environmental stuff way back then too. You know, yeah. like yeah, they've been going sixties, seventies, really. Yeah, or actually even earlier if you think about like like probably forever, like or at least like I know guys like Malthus who did terrible theories, but he was thinking about it, I guess. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, I don't know why, but like. I, I got this weird impression growing up that, like, environmental stuff was, like, mostly being talked about re- uh, recently, but yeah. that's, no, that's, yeah. uh, it's very much my being a, being a youth bias yeah. right there. Yeah. No, it's definitely been a thing for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, we get Someday We'll Know. I like that one. That had very nice lyrics. It's been, like, you know, him having just broken up, and he's, like, listing all these things that are total mysteries, and, like, Someday we'll know why my girlfriend left me. And it's like, oh, buddy. Oh, I love that. Like, it's I don't. It's a really. I I think that's a fun way to I, yeah. fun way to cope with it. You know, yeah. like that's nice. It's just like I don't understand why this happened, yeah. but th- I don't understand a lot of things. I don't know why a lot of things. And someday, someday we'll know. And like, yeah. even that, even just that thought of someday, I'll, yeah. uh, it'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll. Uh, kind of comforts like and and i like all the things he, i i like all the little mysteries that yeah. are listed and stuff and it's like i don't know, that's that's always a fun thing to ponder yeah is like you know what and uh i don't know it's just i feel like that's a classic child thought as well it's like when uh when you die and go to heaven or mm-hmm. or whatever winds up happening that like there will be someone there to tell you all the mysteries of like what were the dinosaurs really yeah. like <laughs> yeah yeah, I feel that. And that is really nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, then we got uh, Maybe You've Been Brainwashed Too, yeah. but both the title of the song and the album. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the beat on this one. It's got this sort of weird sampled drum loop and like this guitar plucking and occasionally organs. The fun story about this one is that if you listen closely, the lyrics are just kind of gibberish. Mm. Apparently it was a joke. You see in the liner of the album, he puts in this big, long diatribe about how the will was being worked by the system man. <laughs> and it gets into some very dark places about like insurance companies and politics and stuff. Like, Interesting. Which ironically for, the Joe, for performing at the Joe Biden inauguration, he's like, Democrats and Republicans are part of the same machine, man. <laughs> did, uh, did his mind change about that? Like, it was 20 years. Did you become a sellout, Greg? <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> Disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the very end of the song, at least the lyrics and the liner notes, he puts... But then the, the label will censor the entire song and just want us to put on another hit. And so true to his word, he just sort of wow. mumbles wow. his way through the song, just going... And it's just... It you, works! You know? Okay, okay. I like how much of a troll he is. Yeah. I, it, that's something I'm taking away from this album. And I do... I am enjoying this a lot. Yeah. Of like all these little stories of like, ha, I bet if I do this, <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and he's right. And it's like that. Oh man, just imagining like, imagine if a band did that today and like kept going. Like that would be such a fun shtick, yeah. you know? Like, and then they're like tweeting about it all the time. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know how well that would actually work out. But yeah. like, I, I don't know. I, I can appreciate that. I like that. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> who didn't understand the lyrics very yeah. well. I'm, I'm glad that that was intentional yeah. because I didn't... Um, okay, oh, maybe you've been brainwashed too. Now, okay, that almost seems like it has a really deeper meaning yeah. to it too, though, because, like, you know, like, he wasn't able to say, like, what the truth is yeah. in a lot of ways. And so it's like, well, you know, does that, uh, does that mean people are, are brainwashed because, like, what they're allowed to listen to versus, like, you know... What might be true or something. I don't know. That's that's interesting. But yeah, no, the beat was also really yeah. good. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I I, I enjoy all. Uh, I enjoy the vibe of this song as as well as so many of the songs. Again, it's like a, a nice one you can just kind of listen to and relax and not think about. Yeah. But there's also a story behind it too, yeah. so you can think about it if you want to. Yeah, it's got layers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the, the next three I didn't have a whole lot I mean the beats are good the choruses are nice but I don't uh, I, I'll, I'll be honest I can't add much to them either like yeah. some, some of these songs do wind up blending yeah. together for me honestly a bit because mm -hmm. like some of them don't jump out um, terribly much yeah. unfortunately mm -hmm. uh, how, did, how did you feel about Flowers though? Flowers was really good I like it was a good beat got a good concept about like you know I think it was like I'd have to double check the lyrics, but I remember being very odd by the concept, and then at the end it took a dark turn. Mm -hmm. Let me let me pull up the lyrics. Just yeah, to no, totally. Check. Let's let's take a look at that. Oh, I think it's sort of the one where it's like talking about like him talking to a lover and being like, "We're trapped in the world, you know, everything's fake, but my love is real." Yeah. And then, like towards the end, it's like this really emotionally tense breakup situation. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. 
A lot of breakup songs as opposed to love up songs in this one. He was not having a good time. <laughs> he, was ha- he was having a rough one. Yeah. Definitely in a worse place than Queen was, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I, I really, no. The, it's a it's a sort of it's a sad but beautiful song. Yeah, I love that chorus. Like my love is real. Oh yeah, like I, yeah, it. I, I could listen to that chorus over yeah. and over again. It's just, it's, it's got a nice sort of. It, it it does feel like there's like sort of an appeal to authenticity there, yeah. and I I really appreciate that yeah. about the song. And and about this album in general, it's like how yeah. how often it will do that. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Good night. Uh, and then uh, at uh, last, we've got uh, "Crying Like a Church on Monday," which I love that <laughs> title. First of all, yeah. like that's so clever. Yeah. Like reading that is like I wish I had thought of a line like that. <laughs> I know, <laughs> it's such a good song. It's so well written and like it's just it great. is is this one definitely has the best lyrics yeah. for sure. I, I would have to say. Yeah, like that image of being emptied out after your lover leaves. And it's like, one of the one of the issues that happens is like on the slower song to the ones that don't require as much like energy, he, he kind of falters vocally a bit, but this one it works. Yeah, yeah. He's just him crying his heart out. Yeah, like, okay, I might have said, um, I, I think I changed my mind. I think this is my favorite song <laughs> from the album. It's like, it's, it's so over and the lyrics are really good. It's got a distinct... Um, uh, it's got a distinct melody and feel to it and like oh man just uh, some of the imagery is just fantastic and, and I and I love that definitely a good breakup song that's yeah. for sure like, no, I, any other thoughts and feelings on yeah. it? no really good song really great album you know if you're looking for some fun summery pop rock that can also take you into really deep places in my end oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, teach you a bit about society. And society in the nineties. In the nineties, nineties society. Nineties, nineties, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was, it was before my time. Well, technically, it was right at my time. Yeah, when I was a baby. <laughs> yeah, man, how how this album came out? At, was it? I think 97? 97. That was yeah. Wow, my birth year. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, the song brought us into the world. That yeah. uh, this album brought us into the world. That's what happened. Both our moms were listening to it in the labor. Uh, yeah. that'd be wild. Yeah. No, but uh, this was a really enjoyable time listening to both these albums. Very different feels. Very enjoyable in their own yeah. ways. And like, I don't know. It's it's a good time. I. Now I want to listen to them again. <laughs> well, you can because they just got the one album, so it's really easy to listen to their entire discography. <laughs> oh, isn't that great? <laughs> well, that's about all the time we have for you today, folks. The albums we listened to today were A Night at the Opera by Queen and Maybe You've Been Brainwashed Too by the New Radicals. I'm Caleb Clark. I'm Jordan Nee. And we're signing off for the Billy Sears Club. Bye.